0: Welcome to episode 29 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashmore joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. This is something in between an emergency reaction pod and our regularly scheduled podcast. Um, things are happening at a very, very quick rate in the major leagues and the Blue Jays are a part of it. So we thought we'd come to you with the midweek episode. Stoughton, the Blue Jays have Kevin Gosman. What's What was your first reaction when you saw that deal come down?
1: Um... I guess it was mostly about, like, uh, like uh, clearly they had interest in him before. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted about that. I know Shai Daviti has reported on it before. Um, and, yeah, I, I just, I think maybe they like him better than Robbie Ray. Because uh, similar deals, obviously not as similar as they, you know, they look if you don't consider the opt-out or the, or the, the draft pick the, the Jays are going to get back from the fact Seattle signed Robbie Ray. But, uh uh i i think that they uh, they viewed them obviously i think very similarly and and thought a better deal with Gosman than Ray probably
0: yeah i mean that's what we talked about last week we kind of said oh it's going to be one or the other and when you talk about rumors you know sometimes that ends up sounding silly when you hear it back but that's sort of what happened presumably they could have gotten Ray again like you say the deal is not as similar as it looks on raw dollar terms. Because if you bring Ray back, that's an opportunity cost in terms of the draft pick you do not get. And the opt-out again, we talked about this last week opt-out is, you know, it's an undoubtedly a negative for the team. And Ray is young enough that if he continues to pitch really well, there's a pretty good chance you don't get the value of the back end of that deal uh, while you're taking on all the risk of the back end of that deal. So, if you really believe that Gosman and Ray were approximately the same, which I think is a valid point of view, like we talked about how they profile similarly with the two mm. pitches, with last year being their breakout year, similar ages, but always kind of durable and decent in the past, if not at the level they were in 2021. If you think those guys are about the same, this deal with Gosman is the better deal for the Blue Jays.
1: I think that I think that's true, yeah. And it sucks to see Robbie Ray go, and uh, we're gonna miss the pants. We're gonna miss, you know. And there is a, there is a very good chance that Ray is better than Gosman going forward. Like the Mariners should be real happy about the deal that they have with Ray as well. Like he was super fun, and 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 you know, if he keeps those walks down the way that he did this year, he's a great pitcher. He's <laughs> he's going to have a lot of success. Uh, uh, but yeah, I just think like you know that's not the way that the Blue Jays think about value and i I think that you know they shouldn't think you know think about it in terms of like the sentimentality of of you know oh i am i'm gonna miss robbie ray they think about it in terms of like okay the, the gossman deal just just makes more sense for them for sure especially like considering the draft pick and and, and this is something i've written a couple times at least uh you know you can feel more comfortable Trading away some of your prospects, if you know you're getting a couple of picks in the, you know, in the, the at the end of the second round or whatever, you know, in the, in the top hundred of the draft, at least. Like, so I think the 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 compensation pick is going to come after competitive balance round B, which is usually like the seventy to to eighty range. Um, like those are valuable picks. Like, uh, I I don't know if I tweeted this or if I deleted this tweet, but like Steve Cohen, the Mets owner. The owner of that tire fire franchise uh, that signed Max Scherzer for an insane deal, uh, which also is good for him, um, was like, "Oh, draft picks are like worth five times slot value." The slot value of those picks that they're getting back for Simeon and uh, and Ray are like four and a half million dollars, which is uh, you know that 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 has to factor into the way that they think about the, these contracts as well, uh, and and you know, so considering that Gossman was $5 million left, you get a pick back for losing Ray, which is another almost $5 million. You don't have the opt-out, which is, you know, that's more player-friendly than team-friendly. Uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a better deal for a guy who uh, is arguably as good, just not as, uh, you know, not as sentimentally as good.
0: Yeah, and there's also the aspect of Ray being fantastic to watch like he's so different you know we obviously we've talked to the pants at length but also you know there's the (laughs) way he you know he grunts like every fastball is him lifting massive weight over his head like there's something dynamic about him that I understand why Blue Jays fans are going to miss seeing him even if Gosman is effective because Gosman is you know he's a more conventional pitcher that being said You know, in a league where kind of the splitter is dying out and people are talking about this at length, but like he's got this really dynamic pitch that not a lot of guys throw and is, you know, I think it was the third best pitch in all of baseball by baseball savants reckoning last season. Um, it's not like they're replacing Robbie way with a guy who's like totally bland, <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of puts his head down and gets the job done. Like Gosman is exciting in mm-hmm. his own right. I understand there are things that make Ray special. There are things that make Gosman special too. It's just that Blue Jays fans haven't been exposed to them as much, but I, you know, I, I expect that there'll be a fair amount of sentiment about, Oh, these contracts are the same and the people will probably overestimate the degree to which they're the same. Why didn't they? Might as well just brought back the guy we know works well with Pete Walker, the guy we love, the guy who had so much success for the Blue Jays. And I understand that. But like you said, that's not how teams think. Teams think, okay, we need to bring value in. They don't think about necessarily even individual players. They might think of tiers of players. And these guys were very clearly in the same tier. We need a top of the rotation type pitcher. Okay, who's available in that tier? Which deal in that makes the most sense for us? Also, this is presuming that Ray was willing to come back to the Blue Jays for a similar deal, which I am going to treat as a fairly safe assumption, just because I don't think there's a specific reason why he would have gone wanted to go to the Mariners specifically. Um, so I'm going to assume the Blue Jays could have had him for something like what the Mariners got him for. Yeah, but yeah, I get it, and I, I. I yeah, I think that this deal is preferable with all those bits attached to it, the opt-out and the draft pick compensation and the fact you could make an argument that Gosman was better than Ray last year and Ray just feels like a guy who's a little bit riskier going forward with you know, the max effort of it all and the fact he hasn't own, thrown strikes over a long period of time. So, yeah, it, it, I understand the bittersweet component of it, but... If I'm a Blue Jays fan right now, I'm pretty happy about how this all transpired.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, like, I don't know, uh, talking about it in terms of like how front offices or how this particular front office views value. uh, It just reminds me of, I forget the actual numbers involved, but like when they traded Stroman and Sanchez, he was like Ross Atkins being like famously, oh, well, we traded four years of control for 45 years of control. Uh, it's like which he got roasted for, rightfully so at the time. But like that's, you know, that's sort of the that's the prism through which they view stuff like this. And obviously, this isn't about a control issue. But that's, you know, they 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 view the components of value in a different way than fans do. Um, and yeah, no, I think uh, I would I do assume, like you say, like I don't know if the the Blue Jays offered Ray the deal that that the Mariners offered, they, he would probably be here. And I think they. Uh I suspect that they, they chose Gossman. And I know that they like they liked him last year. Uh tried to get him for like four three years, 40 million last year. They obviously are paying way more. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a, it's weird to think about like a five year nine figure pitcher deal and being kind of like, all right, that's fine, but it's not that different than the Ryu deal. It's not that different. I mean the dollars are different, but like Steven you had to go to four years to get Steven Matz. If you're like 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 the, the, this is the world we're living in like five years for Gosman sounds a okay
0: yeah and I I think that also in the context of the market heating up over the last couple of days we saw mm. you touched on Max Scherzer briefly the amount of money flying around for a Max Scherzer. Um, which, you know, kudos to him for absolutely annihilating the average (laughs) annual value record because normally what happens, and this is kind of unfortunate for the top end stars in baseball is that it's hard to really knock the ceiling out you like you creep forward because then your agent gets to say, Oh, this guy is the highest paid player in baseball or whatever. But you almost never see I mean, Alex Rodriguez back in the day. But you almost never see those contracts that just say, you know what, the whole current paradigm is wrong. I'm worth (laughs) way more than anyone's gotten before. And uh, yeah, tip of the hat to Scherzer for getting that. I do think, and this is going to come up with Simeon as well. Yeah. There's a lot of narrative of, uh, oh, well, these guys are influential in the union and therefore they're doing this for future generations. And this is like, and I'm not saying there's no truth to that, there's absolutely truth to that. But treating taking the biggest amount of money you can get by a significant margin as a noble act <laughs> oh, struck me as a little bit weird, and I'm saying we always a, do that, right? From, yeah. yeah, from a pretty <laughs> from a pro player position, like I want to see these guys get paid. Uh, in the coming CBA talks, I want to see the players get a more equitable share of the pie and all that. I don't begrudge them that at all, but it's interesting that the framing has changed so much, especially with certain writers. There's still some really pro team sentiment out there, but it's changed so much that we're giving guys like enormous kudos on like an ethical level for making (laughs) a bunch of money. And I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm there.
1: I, i i know i see what you're saying but also i don't know just just viewed through you know where where we are especially scherzer and simian in particular like being on the union executive subcommittee which is like what eight guys 12 guys who are, are definitely i mean there was that great piece evan Drellich from the athletic uh i think bruce meyer is the name of the guy who is like the union's like chief negotiator who they hired out of the nhl or the nhlpa um mm-hmm which very much made it uh <laughs> made it sound like they're gearing up for a fight and he's like I don't care if nobody likes me like that's my job is to is to fight and uh I don't know it it seems like it, it, I think that the union narrative is is there's something to it and also I think that it, that works both ways a bit, too probably right like I think that uh <laughs> like going into the lockout that's obviously about to happen um I think teams are are behaving in a in a in a way where it's like oh the system's not broken look at this You're, we we just handed out a ton of money uh which I think is 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 false as well um yeah I don't know I I I I I get that it is it's you know it makes you wonder how much <laughs> I don't know it makes me wonder how much players leave on the table to go to teams that aren't tire fires uh <laughs> and and if maybe we're we are seeing a bit of that right now where yeah, I mean, teams, where, where guys are like taking money from bad teams knowing that it's going to be a bad thing but they're just going to take the most money.
0: And I think it might give them a little bit of a permission structure to do that, right? It gives mm-hmm. them, uh, oh, I'm doing this and you guys know the the other context of this is the CBA stuff that's going on, the Union stuff that's going on. Um, you know, It definitely helps from a PR perspective for them. It is, it is jarring to see all these players like we're seeing Javi Baez go today um, you know, we saw the Corey Seager, hopefully, deal. not to the Jays. The Corey <laughs> Seager uh deal, uh, you know, that's a massive deal to the Rangers. Like, even with Semyon and Seager, like the Rangers and Still Gray, they're not team. close to being good. Yeah, and right. that, this again, it's not a criticism of them. I get it. They had no contracts on the books, they had virtually no payroll. They do have some money to play with. They thought that some of these guys could be foundational pieces. Seeger's a little younger than the average free agent of his caliber. I get that. Uh, Simeon's, you know, he's a guy who I'm sure they consider to be sort of a, someone to lay the groundwork for that clubhouse and kind for of sure. set expectations and all that jazz. On top of being an incredible player, like I'm not trying to position him like he's the Jason Giambi on the bench type guy. <laughs> um, right. John Gray's got some upside. Like I'm not saying these moves make no sense whatsoever, but it is very unusual for us to see like yes. we often give teams the credit when we are like, "Oh, they bought a guy a year ahead." Like, "Oh, the Padres bought Eric Hosmer a year ahead." And we wanted the Blue Jays to do that for a long time. Like, I remember people wanting the Blue Jays to get Bryce Harper. It's like, "Oh, they're yeah. not ready yet, but he's a guy that they can grow into especially with his age and the fact they had no outfielders etc cetera, etc cetera. and then they did do that with Ryu and they made the playoffs and that worked as well as you could possibly imagine but the Rangers aren't buying a year ahead like they might be buying three years ahead <laughs> like this is uh it's to the level where you you gotta wonder if it's the right idea for them but again you like to see these guys make this money and when Seager makes that money, you know, we'll see what Correa gets. Like it's, it's going to help them down the line, down the line. And it's also, I think it lights maybe a little bit of a fire under some of the other bad teams that never spend any money, because if there, are the fewer of those teams, there are the less that looks like the norm and the less that that can be deemed acceptable by, you know, fan bases and kind of the baseball world at large.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. It, it's uh it does seem strange, but, um, but yeah, go like, like, don't be, don't be the Orioles. Don't be bad forever. Like don't, like the, the Rangers could, could literally have just waited until, I mean, their player development system is not, is not spitting out stars. (laughs) They could have waited until that happened or started to happen for them. uh, And they didn't and credit to them for that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it is weird that it's just. I mean, I'm partially, I suppose it's probably the new stadium that they have. You know, they want to get fans back in there. Uh, they sunk a bunch of money into playing in an airplane hangar or a Costco or whatever the hell they they do. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that I think that you're right. Like, yeah, the more teams that 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 just have, view it as imperative to get better faster is is good.
0: How, even the Marlins well, are spending money, which yeah. is overt I mean. I know we saw that in 2012, but that was all just a a song and dance, and then the Blue Jays were taking the hit on that in the end. Um, but no, it, it's great to see. Like, yeah, are the are the, <laughs> the Orioles going to jump in there? Are the Pirates? I don't think, I don't think, I don't no. think so. But um, no, I, I think it's and that's also just from a Blue Jays perspective. You always have it in your head. From a Blue Jays perspective, that you know the Yankees are going to land the big fish, or the Red Sox are going to land the yeah. big fish.
1: So, do, some of do those, sort of fans of those teams.
0: Yeah, very much so do fans of those teams. <laughs> and I understand that there's the notion that the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers are cautious in the early going because they don't know where the where the luxury tax is going to be. Which just goes to show the level to which it really is a salary cap. If these teams aren't are yeah. willing to miss out on this, is one of the best free agent classes we've seen. And all these guys are coming off the board, and if they're willing to sort of straight up miss out on them, uh, it goes to show how seriously they take that. And, oh, 100%. Yeah. And the Blue Jays are not seeing these, you know, these great players flood into their division, and you know, there's still some really good players on the board. And I'm not saying the Yankees aren't going to do anything, the Red Sox aren't going to do anything. In the end, it could happen. The but
1: future Red Sox Marcus Stroman, yeah
0: yeah oh man uh <laughs> that'll, and, be,
1: that'll that, that, that's a perfect that's a perfect match really yeah but, though maybe the angels you know perry Manassi, you know going out and getting all his former jays guys
0: honestly he he's exactly the type of guy the angels need like someone yeah. who you don't need an ace you just need someone you can trust anyway that's neither here nor there but it has been, I think, a relief to a lot of people who are cheering for the Blue Jays that these teams have not done anything yet. And if they do do something, if they make the big splash, they're less likely to get the, you know, the sweetheart deal because you know Correa is going to be the last guy of his caliber, and he's going to be able to set his price to a certain extent. It's not the other way around. Like, there's going to be a landing spot for him that's going to pay him a lot of money. So, uh, for sure. yeah, it's yeah, it's really unusual and. Yeah, it has to be considered positive. Like the Blue Jays, once again, are the big spenders of their division, which is so bizarre to say <laughs> uh, after years and years and years and years of that not being the case.
1: Absolutely, and 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 aren't aren't done. I'm sure. I mean, you don't get Gossman and and then just you know put your feet up, right? Like, they're, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be. I don't think there's going to be another five-year deal for you know north of a hundred million dollars for them, but uh but like i said you know with getting the draft picks back makes trading a little bit easier if you're going to you know empty your farm system a little bit you at least know you're getting you know some decent picks back um so yeah i mean I, you know obviously they probably need another starter if they need some more help in the bullpen they need another infielder um i i assume that trades are like less likely right now because it's just like the frenzy for the free agents before the lockout you got to get guys a physical and you're going to have months and months to like work the phones with other teams um and and make that happen but like yeah i i don't know i think they're i think they are very well positioned at this point uh i'd also just uh, yeah i don't think that man people were talking about after the gosman reports came out it's like well so they're going to get can they still bring back Robbie Ray i'm like no i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's on the cards like and i wrote about this you know uh with gosman and Barrios and Springer, in like 2024 and 2025, they that's like sixty-five million dollars on the books for three guys who are going to be in their mid thirties, plus whatever you need to pay to extend Vlad and Bo. You know, like you're sort of starting at a high level of payroll for just five guys already for those like two years. Um so to add another like twenty-five million to that is is going is is gonna to be tough. I think that's why they're gonna look at I mean I think that's why Jose Ramirez has obviously been a name that has come up a ton uh, because not only is he great but his contract fits their picture very well. Uh, and there are other guys like that as well. Uh I don't know if Cleveland really wants to move him. I'm not sure where they're they're at. They've got the new rebrand. They don't they want to sell some shirts. <laughs> but uh but yeah, that would be that would be a perfect fit and I think a, a an outstanding outcome for the off season if the Jays could make something like that happen
0: yeah i mean i think if cleveland wants to sh- sell some shirts it'd be advisable to have a position player um, <laughs> so <laughs> Andrew
1: i do kirk maybe. oh yeah <laughs> he can he, he can sell some shirts <laughs> it
0: worked for me um yeah on the payroll thing like roster resource and i know that different sites have different ways of cutting it up but i i kind of looked over what their numbers had they had the blue jays at 141 right now which is pretty much exactly what they were in 2021. So anything you're building now is an increase on last year's payroll. Now, they've said that they're willing to do that. It's not unreasonable to think they're going to do that. But I think that's a good context to keep in mind. Like anyone you get from here on out, like that is building on what's been there before. So like you said, anything that's a five-year contract that's upwards of $100 million, it'd be a real surprise to see that happen. I, I think they're next they probably have one big move left and it might be a trade. Um and it, it, it probably is for that infield spot, because if you started the season today and you're starting Biggio at second and Espinola at third, like <laughs> yeah, that, that's not quite good enough. That's the biggest problem that this team has. Uh like the rotation we talked about last week, in theory you could roll Stripling out as that five or Pearson out as that five. I know that they want another guy. I think they probably will get another guy. But infield is a spot that feels just undercooked, like there just there has to be something else to go on because, yeah, it'd be really tricky to have like, you know, Biggio and Espinal both have their uses and are both handy to have around and even starting one or platooning them somehow is not the worst idea in the world. But having both of them as your starting guys and then working off minimal depth from there, uh, that's a problem.
1: No, I think that's I think that's correct. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm not I'm not bothered by the idea of platooning them or you know not not necessarily like a straight traditional platoon, but like I know that you know there's matchups that are more favorable to Biggio that are and, and more favorable to Espinel probably. I think Espinel can hit velocity better than Biggio, but but I think that like yeah, I think that, that I think that 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 could work in one spot, but yeah, definitely not two. Uh, they definitely need to find somebody there. Uh, and also platooning them works well enough that like, you know, I don't know if you need to, if you need to bring up Moreno at some point and, and haven't moved out a catcher, they're having him get work in at third base. And, you know, maybe you can get his bad in the lineup that way. Or, you know, Jordan Groshon seems a little like farther away. Uh, but there are definitely guys in the system. Kevin Smith, we'll see if Samad Taylor gets taken in the, the rule five. Um, you know there are there are definitely options for one like where one infield spot could be, you know, a, a place where guys kind of cycle through and you try to find you know see well who rises to the top. But definitely, I think uh, another one you have to kind of lock down with, uh, ideally someone as good as Marcus Simeon. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I don't that's, I don't think you're gonna get that's those. probably no.
0: The third place MVP of 2022 is probably not a to-be-acquired Blue Jays infielder. That's no. my, that's my guess. It is funny with Semyon that basically there is almost no blowback to him leaving. Like the way that with Ray Gosman, there's some, oh, did they pick the right guy? Why didn't they keep Ray? With and it was basically everyone's like, okay, go get that seven-year contract. That's cool. Like, I don't understand that as a lot of fans are of the opinion that just the contracts don't matter and they're cheering for the players and all the owners have all the money in the world. And there's actually a lot of truth to that worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about on this podcast (laughs) how we're not saying that they should or should not spend this money. We're trying to work within the parameters of what we expect them to do, what they've done in the past, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And within those parameters... Signing Semyon to that deal, in my opinion, just frankly didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, definitely, I mean, there was a little blowback, you know, towards him about, oh, doesn't, you know, doesn't want to go to a team that's going to win, Uh, doesn't doesn't care for winning, just is going to take his money, which, you know.
0: Again, uh, I would say not necessarily like actively noble, but also doesn't make you a dick. Many, I agree. Many yeah, people yeah. Uh, go to professional situations where they aim to make the most money possible, even if it's not perfect in other ways. So yeah, that's a I, very common thing in the world.
1: A hundred percent. And also, I think the Rangers, you know, clearly are showing, you know, the Seeger deal and the Simeon deal, like you know, willing to spend. I think it's still a bad team. I think they're going to be bad for a while. Um, but lots of lots of professional reasons to go there for him. And and, and I thought that the blowback that he got about that. Was just sort of people rooting for Rogers to like get a discount from him or something. It's like you know, no, he, he does he shouldn't get a discount. He's also
0: been here for one year and isn't from here and doesn't have any specific like if he was going to give anyone a discount, it probably wouldn't have been the Blue Jays in the end. Like True. as much as he was great here, <laughs> that's just there's no reason for him to do that. Yeah, he does not deserve any blowback whatsoever. It does kind of remind me more the Seeger deal, not his deal. Reminds me a little of the A-Rod deal to the Rangers where it's like they try and go and buy like this franchise-type player and they're just nowhere near being good and then that player toils <laughs> in obscurity. Uh, I think Blue Jays fans future, would like to Yankee, see that.
1: Yeah, uh, Corey Seager.
0: Okay. yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's a left-handed hitter, therefore he's a future Yankee. A left-handed hitter who will cost a lot of money. All of them go to the Yankees. <laughs>
1: I and mean, the Rangers now tr- need to trade for Joey Gallo. I saw somebody say that on Twitter the other last night
0: and it's like, you know what? Yeah, that
1: probably would make some sense.
0: I do wonder like what <laughs> when they knew when this was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like they haven't been acting like a team that was going to do this. So right. it's almost like they had a change of heart at some point and ownership did and it probably would have been helpful if you were in the baseball operations department to know <laughs> in advance. That this is something that they were aiming to do. Yeah, you if you might, knew
1: you're gonna you're going to splash a lot of cash this win this winter, yeah, why are you trading Gallo? Also, I think a lot of Yankees fans would be like, well, yeah,
0: we'd undo that deal as well." Yeah, it works for everybody. It's among all these, you know, the splashy deals, one that slipped under the radar is another Blue Jays transaction. I thought that most weeks we'd be praying for just one of these, but <laughs> Jimmy Garcia, two year deal with the Blue Jays. Club option for a third year deal. I'm going to just read out the club options parameters because it's a bit yeah, like weird slash
1: vesting option yeah.
0: basically it's a club option with a million dollar bio but it converts to a six million dollar guarantee with 60 innings pitched or 60 games in 2013 or 110 innings pitched or 110 games across 2022 and 2023 uh, which
1: like 20, you said 2013 and i'm like oh, oh that sounds right no. i'm like oh wait no oh god 2023 <laughs> sorry
0: i'm having a hard time <laughs> grappling with that being a year that's going to exist uh, uh, true. Um, Anyway, I think that, you know, it's likely that if he's healthy, he'll hit those targets and it will become a three-year deal. Um, If, yeah, because if he's healthy 55 games, yeah, 55 games a year for a healthy, well-used reliever in kind of the middle innings, I don't think is unreasonable. I don't know. It's interesting. This deal, it seems like a bit of a commitment to a guy who seems like he's just a guy in terms Mm -hmm. of his results, but... Um, there's a little bit more there. He's got you know he's got the big fastball velocity jump last year, high spin, high spin curveball. He's got a bigger repertoire than a lot of relievers. He's got five pitches in theory. He does, yeah. Um there's lots of things to like about him. And whenever I see a guy who I see these characteristics of him that are promising and the results don't follow, the obvious conclusion to make is okay, this guy's not locating the ball. Now to be fair, that's the truth for a lot of relievers. A lot of relievers just come in <laughs> right. and just pound the zone or around the zone or whatever they can do because that's the reason they couldn't hack it as starters in the first place. I don't know if this deal should be considered exciting, but this is also, in my view, exactly what they were going to do. I, I don't think right. they were ever going to go for <laughs> Kenley Jansen or Glacius. I don't think they were going to go buy that extremely expensive back of the, the rotation back of the bullpen guy. I know they flirted with Liam Hendricks. That's a different animal. He's sort of uh, head and shoulders above a lot of other guys, and I understand why they saw value there. But when guys are sort of closer to the pack, the value proposition is very different. We knew they were going to spend money elsewhere. We saw them spend money elsewhere. But this is a helpful guy because they they needed depth. They needed some guys who can fill some innings. And you know, Maybe they tweak him a little bit, and he does better, and he ends up as more of an eighth-inning, high-leverage type of guy um but right now you see him as kind of a a solid dependable middle reliever with a little velocity which the rest of their bullpen kind of doesn't have because they have a bullpen of weirdos it's hard to be <laughs> True. it's hard to be too against this deal
1: uh yeah i agree it uh you know it's not a ton of money 3 years would be a long commitment and i think you're right the targets are definitely like a- achievable for him um but yeah i'm intrigued by it because obviously like you know they they are they, they're starting to get mentioned among the teams that are, you know, on the leading edge of of uh, just thinking about pitching in, like, highly developed ways, right? You know, they've got that pitching lab in Dunedin now that the taxpayers in, in Florida have paid for. Taxpayers uh, love a good pitching lab. <laughs> <laughs> what an asset to the community. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and like Pete Walker, obviously, uh, is great and, and a huge asset. Um in his own way even if even if you know i mean i i have I have tried to help pump the brakes on the Pete Walker's magic thing, but I think that the fact that he can get his guys to buy into what the team is trying to help them with and and can work with guys and help you know interpret what's coming from the the guys in the r and d lab and 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 wherever and to help guys you know uh you know just maximize what you can get out of them it doesn't always work, but you know huge huge asset to to the team that way and I think I think that uh garcia seem definitely seems like a guy i mean I think that's what's intriguing about it is that like he definitely seems like a guy that they probably have identified something they think that they can uh help and make better for him uh and and so maybe there is more potential than uh you know than what we see i mean he was the closer for the Marlins I mean the Marlins were not great it started last year and then I don't think he was you know the some of the numbers were went a bit wonky when he went to to the Astros last year, um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think it's just, it's just a sol- it's a solid floor, you know, middle relief middling reliever floor, and uh, and yeah, I suspect they think that this is a guy who they can get more out of. So uh, so we'll see. They thought the same about like Shun Yamaguchi. So uh, it doesn't always work.
0: Yeah, he. I think he's sort of what very different flavor in terms of the stuff he brings to the table, but results-wise and sort of pro, the way he projects, he's kind of what they've wanted to get out of David Phelps the million times they've signed him, including which this is, week, which they just also did, right? Yeah, he's we'll, coming back too. We'll get to that. It's funny we're ne- <laughs> we're never going to be privy to uh, the Pete Walker contract situation, but I do find myself wondering, first of all, what it is. And secondly, sort of the effect of all this PR that he's gotten. And like you said, it's been kind of singularly on him in a way that's not really accurate. And that's not to take anything away from him. I'm sure he's very good at his job, but there are other people in play. It's, it's a whole system, and he's the head of the snake. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. But I, I do wonder when Pete Walker's contract comes up, Sort of all the ammunition that he's got in his pocket, as a result of the fact that everyone in this entire city and parts of the entire country <laughs> seem to believe that he's the ultimate genius in uh, in his craft.
1: That's a great question, but also I wonder if the Jays would just walk away at that point and be like, "All right, well, Matt Bushman, here you go."
0: Matt uh, Bushman is the Kevin Gosman uh, to Pete <laughs> Walker's Robbie Ray.
1: But no, but you're, I mean, but yeah, it's definitely a, like it's definitely a system and it's definitely something that has been well thought out, uh, you know, since day one of Atkinson and Shapiro arriving, you know, having not just, you know, like player development generally means like minor leaguers or, you know, I think most people think of it when, when you talk about it that way, but it's really not. And, and I think they, they are, you know, they're having a ton of stuff in place to just maximize what guys can get out of themselves and, 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 and are also, and I think this is something that Atkins said on the at the Letters podcast that I I wrote up a thing about uh, right around the time we had Ben on a couple of weeks ago, uh, where he was just like now like or I think he praised Tampa and Cleveland for being like oh now like a- acquisition uh, is aligned with you know how all the other systems are in place, and I think that that's sort of the place where the Blue Jays are trying to get to and maybe are where they they can. They can pick and choose the guys that they want to have who they think they're, you know, who will work well within their system. Uh, And I think both Gosman and uh, Garcia are probably uh, examples of that. But we'll see. We don't know. It's a black box.
0: Yeah. And it's something that's been going on with them or been something they think about for a long time. I remember in 2019, I wrote a piece kind of about this about how the Blue Jays target pitchers and that they're looking to extract him and things about. It. It's funny that piece was written about the acquisition of and you may well not even remember this name, uh Nick Kingham. Um, but anyway, he was, you know, he was a guy from the Pirates who kind of had a pretty big arm and he was and he was a guy that just on paper there was no reason to acquire. That was kind of the premise of my story like there's no reason to acquire this guy based on anything he's done. But nowadays, we're looking at traits and we're trying to tinker, and that's where they were trying to go. And at that point, uh, they had a lot of confidence in what they were doing. Matt Bushman had come on. It it was clear that the whole thing was getting a little bit more advanced, but they didn't have a good proof of concept yet. And then over the past couple of years, we're starting to see that proof of concept. But this has been been in the works for a while because they've seen other teams do it. I mean, Trent Thornton was a little bit this guy. If you look at Trent Mm -hmm. Thornton's results... Across his minor league career, they don't really jump off the page. He was an acquisition based on the traits of his stuff, which, you know, he had a a pretty solid rookie season as a starter, so I don't want to totally bury him, but he was bad in relief last year. And there's an argument to be made that that acquisition hasn't worked out, and that's sort of one of the early ones. And now we're later in the process, and it seems like they're getting better at it. And like you said, it doesn't always work out. And I think that, again, the legend of Pete walker grows. And the assumption that the Blue Jays get any pitcher and that pitcher is going to be outstanding is an unfair assumption because they're not by far the smartest team in the league. There are many teams who evaluate these players on the same parameters, and it's not like the Blue Jays are seeing stuff that only they see and everyone else is light years behind them. They're one of quite a few teams who think this way and try and act this way. And right now they just look like one of the better ones at executing.
1: Yeah, I I think that's right. Uh, and, and and partly it's just that over time the you know, they've developed those systems that have gotten to that point. Um, but also you kind of like you have to do that just just to keep up. Uh especially when you're, you know, even you know, even though it's been nice to see them spend and they, you know, they've handed out 300 million dollar contracts in the last like in the calendar year 2021, which is insane to think, you know, having watched this team for the last 20 years or or forty years or however many years it's been. Um like they they are they are definitely doing things like a, a a bigger market team, but they're not. And they they're not one I don't think quite yet. Uh especially in terms of like under the hood stuff. So yeah, they just you have to they you you know, the Dodgers will win every year if you if you like if you don't try to compete with them. Or the stupid Rays, you know, who are I mean I can't you know I can't even with the rays. The you know Cory Kluber nice nice signing for them. Uh the Wander Franco deal is uh will be very very valuable to whoever trades for him in 3 years. Um uh, but but yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah. Uh so no, they they don't deserve too much credit for having, I guess, you know, the Blue Jays having like uh having developed their their you know, ha- aligned their development and and pitch lab and all that yeah, and acquisition. I don't. I don't want to use the terms that, like Ross Atkins would use, like the boardroom speak. But uh, they deserve some credit for that. But I think that that's also just you got to keep up with the the trends in the industry.
0: Yeah, the Blue Jays want to be like they're not going to outspend the Yankees unless the Yankees. I don't know something to-, to not spend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But in the- in theoretically, the Yankees will continue to outspend the Red Sox. Um, will likely continue to outspend them more often than not. Maybe not every year. There'll be dips, whatever. Uh, so they have to have a little bit of the raise in them, and that's what the Dodgers try to do, right? The Dodgers try to be the Yankees and the Rays at once, and the Blue yeah. Jays are probably trying to be eighty percent Yankees, twenty percent Rays, which is you know a much better version of that than they used to be. And I understand why it, you know it'd be great if they could be the Dodgers and they could be a hundred percent of both um you know right now the resources aren't there for that who's to say someday that things change but it's
1: when when eddie buys the team
0: yeah when we get the whole the the ear of eddie maybe it'll be different before we get out of here uh just a quick again you know we love transactions you love transactions anything pop off the page for you with the blue jays uh minor league transactions guys invited to spring training i know we touched on David Phelps, uh the love that never ends between the Blue Jays front office and David Phelps. But I mean a couple yeah, other Phelps, guys. Phelps,
1: Phelps, Malik Smith I thought was interesting. I mean, because they went out and got uh Gerard Dyson last last uh last fall. I don't know, this fall. Well I don't uh in in August or whenever. Um and it was like they already had Malik Smith in the system. It's like, I don't know, that seems like a guy who could provide as much value as Dyson. Um, he may not, I don't know the, the, I think that the, he may he may not be as instinctual a, uh, a, a base stealer, but you know, the, the, the tools are, are, were, seemed similar. It seemed odd that they would go and do that when they had him there. And it's interesting that they have brought Smith back. I would say, uh, I don't know if that means, you know, he has any sort of a future here, but, uh, I don't know. You could do worse for like a sixth outfielder, um, but also Phelps, I think is the interesting one.
0: Yeah, and, and Phelps will make a little bit of money if he makes a team. That's one of the ones where you know, I think they have an eye on him making the team. Not that it's gonna be guaranteed to him by any means, but you know, Malk Smith feels like that we got a million injuries, therefore <laughs> here's a guy that we have. Like we can put him in. A couple other names that popped out to me um jose de leon now he was a he was a big time prospect for a while this guy was a top 30 prospect that was a while ago that's four or five years ago to be fair um but he's someone that they wanted to keep as a starter for as long as possible because that's the way his stuff profiled and that was the best way to get maximum value from him and now they relatively recently has gone into relief and, you know, he doesn't throw crazy hard. He doesn't have unbelievable stuff. He has a pretty intriguing change up. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He's a like a guy that has had some talent at some point, like not just not a true nobody, which is normally what you see right. from these signings. Um, <laughs> right. his, re, yeah, his results last year weren't great. But, you know, that's a name to watch uh, in the broadest terms. And then if I were going to give you kind of a truly out of nowhere name, I would say Matt Gage. And he's actually never appeared in the major leagues, but he's another guy who was a starter for the vast majority of his career uh, in the minor leagues. And it just didn't really work out. He went to Mexico in 2019. And then in 2021, he came back and he was used exclusively as a reliever for the first time and started to throw up some big strikeout numbers. And, And again, you know, that's just a little bit of a statistical profile could and probably will be nothing, but I do like to see those guys (laughs) whose track record isn't necessarily reflective of what they are now, um, and it seems like he's kind of a different guy now than potentially he used to be, but if you're putting, you know, don't buy the jersey yet. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's tempting. Gauge jersey, yeah. I know that whenever you guys see the Blue Jays tweet out their list of spring training invites, you're ordering seven custom jerseys to your house, but I would... Urge caution on this one, individually. <laughs> I
1: mean, hey, uh, David Phelps. I think he can feel pretty good about if he's healthy, he'll make the team. Uh, which I think is a nice addition, but also, I mean, that also complicates things because now they got a bunch of guys who they either a won't want to uh, to option down to the minors. Like you could theoretically option Romano and 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 Tim Mesa, uh, but they're going they're too important. Uh, and you know now they have Romano Mesa. Simber, Richards, Yumi Garcia, uh, presumably David Phelps. Uh running out, of, running out of spots at that point for your Nate Pearsons, your Julian Merriweathers, and you know, on down the list. Uh which should be interesting. But not uh, you know, not the worst problem to have for a bullpen that obviously was a gigantic problem last year.
0: Yeah, a little depth never hurt anyone, and uh, they didn't really have it last year, and that was yeah. it. Ended up being sorry, a big. Call. Sorry,
1: Trent Thornton, you might you might have to pitch in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The less said about <laughs> Trent Thornton's twenty twenty one, the better. I think we will we will leave it there. Hope you guys enjoyed the surprise uh, midweek Blue Jays happy hour. There's never a bad day of the week for happy hour, and uh, I hope you guys will join us next time.